0: It's time to get in the zone, the Fantasy Football Zone. Hey,
1: guys, where else would you rather be?
0: Get involved with the show by following us on Twitter at DraftThatGuy. What a piece
1: of that championship? Put it in here.
0: This is the Fantasy Football Zone. Welcome back in Fantasy Football Zone, the big championship edition here. The big games going on this weekend, and none other to help us out is Joe Bottle from rotowire.com. It's an exciting time for a lot of people, except for us, right?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, exciting time, except for us, is right. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, despite being in 13 leagues, I somehow did not stumble my way into a championship. There, there was a, a league that I'm in right now that it's kind of a, a different championship, so to speak. We have four, four uh, top scores made to the playoffs, and then whoever gets the top scores in those final three weeks is the champion. So I am in contention for that, but it isn't like your normal one where you're going against somebody directly.
0: And again, this week, the injuries, they played another big factor. Uh, I know me, uh, Chris Godwin, kind of hurt me. I mean, he had a good first half. He he put up over 100 yards, but then that injury happened. I thought he was going to have a bigger game than that. But Dalvin Cook was the big one for me when the shoulder injury happened again. He was out, and uh, that put me out, and I think a lot of other people, too.
1: Well, yeah, and how about DJ Chark, who wasn't able to play? Uh, Josh Jacobs this week is going to be that guy. I imagine he's already ruled out, I guess. Thank you, John Gruden, for already letting us know ahead yeah. of time. I have no idea why he wasn't ruled out last week. Well, he actually did pretty effective. So it's one of those things where now you're going to have to monitor your situation. Hopefully, if you are a Josh Jacobs owner, you have already pounced on DeAndre Washington. I have no idea that people are able to survive Delvin Cook's uh, goose egg or, or, or thereabouts last week. What to make with the situation. But it's going to be probably one of the prime talking points for the fantasy championships this week is what to do with the Vikings, especially because they play Monday night.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. Mike Boone, he looked pretty good in uh, in absence there. And then, of course, you got Madison as well. And, and, yeah, that's the big question mark, who to go with. And you hear some reports that Cook could be out the next two weeks, but then you hear from the head coach, Mike Zimmer, ah, he could maybe go this week. So, yeah, it's, it's the big ultimate game time decision. And I guess maybe a good thing that it's Monday night because then you have other options to go with before then, I guess. I, I don't know with that. Yeah, I
1: have to imagine if you have Delvin Cook and you've made to the championship round, you don't have many better options, right? Like, he's been yeah. one of the premier running backs in the fantasy spot all season long. Of course, Christian McCaffrey is near the top, but, like, if you're redrafting in week 16, which I don't know why you're doing that, but if you were redrafting, Delvin Cook would have had a been in that conversation right there as number two and number three uh, in terms of running backs. And it, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, like, so on one hand, we see the Schefter report that says he's going to be out potentially week 16 and week 17. Then you get the report from the head coach that says, well, yeah, he's going to be playing. He's actually pretty healthy. Of course, the Vikings head coach is going to be telling <laughs> in the most pivotal game of the entire season yeah. that Delvin Cook is going to be active and able to play. However, I do actually believe he's going to be active and able to play. I get it. The Vikings really just need to win one of two games, so why necessarily risk your star running back in a situation where you're probably postseason eligible regardless? Like, I just have a hard time believing they're losing two consecutive games. But this is against the Packers. They're dreaded rival on Monday night, in their home building. Like, you cannot convince me that Delvin Cook isn't at least going to be active. And here's the thing. If he's active, I get it. You might have those David Johnson concerns, but you probably have to start him. Just like you had to start Lamar Jackson this past week, the same thing has to happen if Delvin Cook is active. This Packers defense isn't all that good. We've seen it now with the running game. Adrian Peterson, Darius guys two weeks ago, was kind of the, the prime example of, look at this. Like I think even if Cook were inactive, let's say Madison was active, I think you have to start Madison, and the same goes for Mike Boone as well. Like this is, I feel pretty confident the Vikings Vikings offense will be able to generate plenty of rushing yards whether Cook is active or not. But if he's out there and he's able to play, I think you have to have him in your fantasy lineup too.
0: And we may as well get right at it. To the we'll bring the Packers into the equation here because that you know it's a big game. Devontae Adams looked good. He looks like uh, maybe he's back on track after a game against Chicago, and he'll have a favorable matchup because uh, Xavier Rhodes has been terrible. Uh, this year, uh, I think he leads the league in defensive pass interference penalties. And that Vikings defense, yes, it's good, but they always seem to give up passing yards, and they always seem to give them up to number twelve, Aaron Rodgers. So I think it could be a good passing game again for Adams this week.
1: Interesting. I actually, I actually think it's different, and, and not so much Devontae Adams. I think he's about as matchup-proof as it possibly gets at that position. Like he's, he's kind of a, a Michael Thomas light, which is incredible because of his his role, and certainly Michael Thomas is going to be breaking mm. the receptions record. But to say somebody is only a little bit less than Michael Thomas is probably the biggest compliment you could give to a receiver right now. Yeah, you look at the receivers the Packers have. Otherwise, Lazard, Allison, MBS, Mister Dropsy in the very first play yeah. of the game against the Bears. Like you should. I don't have any confidence in Jake Cooper. I guess too, who is allegedly, and I put in quote unquote, going to get more playing time. Yeah, great, sure, thanks, Matt. Before I've seen that story before. I just don't. I don't feel great about any of the other receivers. So yeah, Devontae Adams needs to be in your starting lineup. But you look at Rodgers and his history against the Vikings, particularly in Minnesota, especially with this new stadium, how loud it is. I have absolutely no confidence in starting him in the fantasy championships. To the point where I'm to the I'm recommending like Ryan Fitzpatrick, really? uh, or Ryan Tannehill. Or Ryan Tannehill is starting a quarterback right now over Rodgers. Now Fitzpatrick, I have a little more concern, and I hate being a meteorologist on Wednesday, but it looks like it's going to be like monsoon conditions in Miami. Yeah. If that's the case, then Rodgers needs to start. But if if it appears to be not as stormy as we see right now on a Wednesday, I think Fitzpatrick against the Bengals' defense makes all the sense in the world as opposed to Rodgers against the Vikings. I felt much more comfortable starting Rodgers at home in Lambeau than I do right now in a Week 16 contest. that's super pivotal for the Vikings. They need this for more, and not just say the Packers don't need it, but the Vikings very much need this for more, and I just don't feel great about Rodgers' chances this week.
0: Well, then, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, do you, I mean, how much do you like them against that defense? Because the run defense is, is what basically the bread and butter of the Vikings.
1: Yeah, and I think you have to start Aaron Jones if you have him. Uh, maybe, hopefully, we can have a situation where Jones gets involved in the receiving game I don't know why he just disappears in some games. And then we saw that the Redskins is like the number two target. He's very clearly the best receiver or second best receiver the team has besides Adams. So if for whatever the reason they could finally have a Devonta Adams and Aaron Jones receiving game, maybe things would actually happen and I'd feel more comfortable. But we have not seen that through 16 week or 15 weeks. Why is it going to change in week 16? I just don't, I don't know. I don't have a lot of confidence in what the Packers' offense is going to do. In Minnesota now, I don't know if it really matters all that much again for the Packers, right? They have a a pretty favorable schedule uh, against the the Lions of Week 17, which should help their postseason aspirations. But there's a lot that can go down yet with the the Rams uh, Mm -hmm. chasing that spot too. And I don't know if the two seed is like in their reach, but I still think they could get the number number three seed as well. So we'll see. I just don't feel great about the Packers' offense this week against the Vikings. I'm I'm really skeptical, but I I am always a Packers skeptical fan. I think Wisconsin sports has taught me. I need to be skeptical. I yes. can't get my hopes up because it just never, it never is a favorable occurrence.
0: What about the 49ers? I mean, that game, too, that was an ultimate letdown for me last week because I thought the defense and Garoppolo, they had favorable matchups against the Falcons. It, it, they didn't do anything. And now they got the Rams, a divisional rival coming up, Los Angeles fighting for their playoff lives as well. Does this offense rebound, or do, is this another cautionary start here for championship weekend?
1: Yeah, that's another rain potential game, Like yeah. we have it at 49% uh, on a Saturday night. And you're right, the, the Rams have to play for their for their playoff lives here. The spread is 6.5 in favor of the 49ers. Vegas seems to think it's going to be at least a one-score game for most. I don't know if I, I can go with that. If for no other reason than the Rams are able to do a lot of junk time production, like we saw it against the Cowboys this past week, they kept Goff and company in there way longer than I thought was needed given the outcome of the game, and... I don't know if I feel great about that spread, but that doesn't really relate to the 49ers offense. Like, if if they have a forty-five and a under Vegas has right now for the uh, the Niners and Rams, you'd have to imagine the 49ers are at least on some end of that scoring spectrum getting 20-plus points. So who's going to get that? Well, George Kittle, of course, is the guy that's been getting most of the the targets. But somebody like uh, Emmanuel Sanders or Debo Samuel has to do something, like in the way of five catches 75 yards, like that sort of range. And I think... Mm -hmm. Of the two, I feel more comfortable with Emmanuel Sanders doing that. He's a veteran. He's played in these big, big games, and he seems to have a good chemistry with Garoppolo despite the midseason trade. So I feel more comfortable saying Sanders does something. I think Mostert as well is going to be a key guy to use it if you pick him up. Uh, he's probably running back to or flex this week in most situations, especially with all the injuries and whatnot that have happened to other positions. And guys like Devin Singletary or John Brown, who gets the Patriots this week, are other probably flex, flexible options that you probably don't want to use as opposed to the Mostert, uh, Mostert or Sanders combo.
0: And remember, I mean, it things have changed now because you have fantasy alerts for your lineup, but there's three Saturday games to kick off this weekend to kind of confuse you. Back in the old days, you would have to make sure you watch that. But, uh, yeah, you got Houston to Tampa Bay early to kick it off on Saturday, Buffalo at New England, and then, like we just said, the Rams and 49ers, your three Saturday games. So, again, make sure you have your guys set for those matchups or else that's an easy way to lose this weekend.
1: Yeah, how about Greg Zerline, too, on a Saturday? Yeah. game is going to be at least listed as questionable. There's a chance he doesn't play. Like I imagine he's a kicker that a few people in the championship yep. on are using that's one of those situations where, with how with how easy it is to find a kicker or get at least close to that production, I'm not messing with it at all. I'm just going to cut him and find somebody else with a high over under, probably like the Cardinals, Zane Gonzalez or something like that. That's that's where I'm going to go. Like I wouldn't even go. I wouldn't even worry about the direction, but certainly pay attention because those eight to ten points a kicker can get you um, might be the difference maker in your matchup. And and not even to worry about. Oh, Matt Gay too. Also, was this questionable. questionable. Yeah.
0: Uh, that plays a Saturday for the Buccaneers. Well, while we're on the Buccaneers, I you know, the wide receiver situation now. I mean, Rashard Perriman had the big career highs. He had 113 yards, the touchdown catches as well. Uh, you know, is he a guy that you can trust this week against Houston? I mean, that's, that secondary's always had questions, and Jameis Winston is just going to continue to throw the ball. But with the big two out now for Tampa, do you look elsewhere?
1: Yeah, we have Perriman ranked 12 this week overall at wide receiver. It is crazy to think about that in early to mid August when you're doing drafts, I'm going to say, hey, you're going to consider and most likely have to start Rashad Perriman in your championship game. And oh, by the way, maybe think about benching Aaron Rodgers for Ryan Fitzpatrick. But that's where we are right now in championship Sunday of the 2019 year. I I think Perriman is a must start. And I've been recommending to a lot of people, both on the radio and Twitter and uh, RotoWare and everywhere else. Behrman is about as lock as you can get right now with what Winston is doing. And certainly with how bad the Texans secondary has been for what most of the season,
0: yeah. I think
1: Behrman has to be a guy that you're out there putting in so much so that I'm ready to go down to Justin Watson, who I guarantee you almost all of America never heard of two or three weeks ago. Yeah. He's a guy that at least in deeper leagues, 12 or 14 team leagues, is probably a wide receiver three or flex play for you right now with the amount of passing yards that are going around with Jameis Winston, and certainly with how many dropbacks they're even doing. Like Ronald Jones, Peyton Barber, I've never heard of you guys, it feels like with what Bruce Aarons is saying. They're exclusively passing. I think as a result, even O.J. Howard, for as disappointing, as he's been this season. He becomes a guy that at least of the top ten tight ends needs to be included in that conversation.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you about O.J. Howard because, again, he was high on a lot of lists for tight ends going into the draft this year, and, yeah, it has not been there. But now with these guys out – championship week, and could he actually pay off? Is he worth the start or the chance this week? Because, you know, it's been so up and down for him.
1: Yeah, there's going to be some karmetic justice, I think, for the people that pick up O.J. Howard and have to start him. Like, of course, he's disappointed every single owner this season. It has been one of the biggest fantasy disappointments this year. Either way, you could convince me the karma train could go, right? Like, oh, this is vindication for those people that drafted O.J. Howard or stuff stuck by him. <laughs> I have no idea why you stuck by him, but, oh, yeah, all right, this is the time to go ahead and play him, or – of course, let's let OJ Howard let us down one more time as fantasy analysts out there. I think you have to play him, um, but there's there's very few tight ends. Like if you've made it to this point in the fantasy season, you're more than likely not going to have to rely on OJ Howard. Like maybe uh, the the Jason Witten's of the world who are hoping for those touchdowns. I think I'd rather have Howard in that situation. But if Gerald Everett's out again, I think you have to have Tyler Higbee in there. Yeah. I think I'd rather have Dallas Goddard in there. The line that's drawn for me and OJ Howard is the Greg Olson, Jonu Smith, Herb Smith line. Mm-hmm. Mike Jasicki, too. Uh, anybody above that point, let's just go ahead and roll with it. Don't don't set yourself up for disappointment. Like almost everybody has now with OJ Howard this season.
0: I want to talk about the Saints now, and obviously Michael Thomas. He's gonna. It looks like he's gonna break Marvin Harrison's record. And I mean. He's going it, to, it's for certain, it looks like he's going to put up good points for you. Drew Brees as well. Alvin Kamara again. I mean, he did have some decent scrimmage yards, I guess, 89 scrimmage yards last week, but that's not what you're expecting from him. And especially when he was probably in that top three to five range coming off the board. And here you are in championship weekend. Do you, you got to roll with him, right? Yeah. I, could
1: the Packers? like re-signed Taysom Hill already so that Alvin Kamara can actually have an opportunity in the end zone, because that's really what it is right now. He's he's gotten so many opportunities in the red zone, I get the Joker package, yada, 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 everything else. I mean, he's been great, and frankly, he might be one of the best receivers in the Packers where he'd be on that roster today, Mm -hmm. but that's not how the situation's unfolding. Alvin Kamara has kind of been absent in the red zone, and I think that's where you're hurting the most for a guy that had uh, 10-plus touchdowns a year ago has only had, what, four, three this season in terms of receiving and rushing touchdowns. It's crazy to think about. This game, though, against the Saints on Sunday is one of the highest over-under of the slate for good reason. right? We've seen the Titans' offense be effective. Derrick Henry has gotten the guy. A.J. Brown has turned into a fantasy playoff monster. Ryan Tannehill is a top-seven fantasy uh, quarterback overall. There's a lot of offense from the the Titans' side, and, of course, there's a lot of offense from the Saints' side of the ball, too. And I think you have to have Kamara in there. And you have to assume he's giving you those 10 to 15-plus points that you drafted him for. You drafted him number three or number two overall because of the floor that he's giving you, not the ceiling that you could have anticipated from last season. It's the floor that you have to feel great about. And, yeah, eighty-nine scrimmage yards isn't great, but it's better than maybe rolling with a Joe Mixon or something like that who hasn't been nearly as productive. Certainly, Mixon towards the last couple weeks has been fine, but for the most part, it's been a disappointment.
0: And, again, another high-powered team, uh, Kansas City. They've got a – you know, they had an element game last week. I mean, they played in and the snow. They put up uh, 23-3. I mean, they won by 20 over Denver. At Chicago, though, and that defense, any – you know, I know you're starting Mahomes, you're starting your Chiefs, except that backfield's terrible, so you're not starting <laughs> – I don't think you trust any of them. But this game, maybe you temper your expectations a little bit in this and maybe not expect as much from Mahomes this week.
1: Yeah, no, I think Mahomes is still going to be your lock. And okay. If he was able to produce as much as he did in the snow, and there was a lot of it last week against the Broncos defense, I have no concerns about him doing crazy stuff against the Bears, too. And, uh, I think, really, of the of the group from the Chiefs to start, it's Mahomes, Tyree Kill, and Travis Kelsey. you were starting all three of those guys anyway. I'm not going down that backfield route. I've been really upset with Watkins, and I, I don't want to really deal with that at all. Miko uh, Hartman, I've loved him for coming out of the draft. and thought he was going to be great value as a uh, 12th through 16th round pick, but I'm not starting him this week. The conversation actually is more important to me with the, the Bears and what their offense attack do. We've seen Anthony Miller, of course, most recently taking apart the Packers defense. I actually feel like he's a pretty safe wide receiver, too, in a PPR league. However, if you're in a standard format, and you're debating between Anthony Miller or, or a pyramid or an A.J. Brown, he's a very clear third of that group. I don't see him getting into the end zone, but I do see him getting at least 8 to 12 points in a PPR league, and I think that's really important to clarify. David Montgomery's the other one I hear quite a bit on Twitter. Like, do I start him this week or not as a flex? I don't know if I feel great about the Chiefs' defense is getting better, particularly stopping the run. And I don't really know what I'm getting for the Bears' offense. They weren't really great against the, Bear, against the Packers. But they did enough passing where I don't know if it's Tariq Cohen that gets more involved in the game. You have to imagine the Chiefs are going to get ahead early and have to use Cohen once again as a receiving option out of the backfield.
0: All right, so let's get to it. The big championship weekend at running back. Uh, who are the matchups you like this week?
1: Yeah, the matchups in particular is going to be an interesting question. Of course, we yeah. talked about the Titans, Saints. 15.5 over under is one of the highest on the spread. So, Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara, we talked about him earlier, have to be guys that you're going to be starting and I think feeling comfortable using. How about Raheem Mostert, though, as a top 10 fantasy running back in week 16 of the fantasy championships? No, no, one's, no one's been assuming that was going to happen, but really, Mostert's come alive. Lately, and I'm not worried about the Rams' defense overall trying to stop you. Same goes for a guy like Miles Sanders. He's not doing what we saw this past week, but they only have three active receivers on the roster. Zach Earn, Dallas Goddard have acted as wide receivers, too, but Sanders has to get included. Even if Jordan Howard returns, I think Miles Sanders is going to be a guy that you have to have as a running back, too, or a flex. And Boston Scott, as well, could be in the conversation. Eagles need to win this game, of course. It's going to be one... I think it's going to be actually fun to watch. And the Eagles' offense, for as bad as they have, bad as they have been for most of the season, I think will have a pretty okay, at least mm-hmm. uh, above-average kind of contest, where I think it can make sense for Boston Scott in a 14- or 16-team league. is a very clear flex or PPR option. And I think Sanders is also a lock as a running back, two for me.
0: At wide receiver, you know, it's you know, the banged up position we talked about it around the league. Some of the big stars are out here for championship weekend. So might be a little harder to gauge uh, who we like this week, but what are you looking at?
1: I think it's gonna be better to explain the Paramans and the AJ Browns the world in terms of context, who I would be starting the, starting those two over. So like I okay. I'm starting Perriman and AJ Brown over Robert Woods. Mm-hmm. I'm starting them over Tyler Boyd against the, the Dolphins this week. Certainly those guys over at Kenny Galladay against the Broncos, like, I imagine Perriman and Brown were pretty easy pickups for a lot of people. But just to con- like put into context how much I like them this week, they're very clear starters over some other options that are bigger names, like the Kenny Galladay's, the Tyler Boyd's. I think Odell Beckham as well gets <laughs> easily benched over Brown and Perriman. So like, this, is, uh, yeah. this is pretty near lock lineup status for Brown and Perriman you are going to have a hard time finding people I like over them. So let's dive into a little bit more of guys I think could be higher value. Terry McLaurin as well. Like, that's mm-hmm. to the conversation point where Terry McLaurin, uh, Odell Beckham, I think I like McLaurin this week against the Giants over a guy like uh, Odell Beckham. I like him over Kenny Galladay, too. Stephon Diggs can be a little bit higher against the Packers. He always seems to play pretty well against the Packers, too. However, this is a Kirk Cousins primetime matchup. Yep. This is going to be Monday a, night. Uh, he doesn't win. Boy, the immovable object, yep. object is the ineptitude of a career. They're, they're going against one another here with the Packers defense being so bad against the pass, and Kirk Cousins being so bad against prime time. We'll see which one occurs. I think Stephon Diggs, though, is going to be uh, near a top 15 kind of lock play for me this week.
0: No Jarvis Landry in in-game trade to Baltimore? No, you're not going that way?
1: <laughs> no, but I do think Jarvis Landry has to be starable. I don't like Odell Beckham. I think Landry is actually a guy that's certainly with the, the offense. And I get it, they're playing the Ravens. They have a great secondary. You still have to start a Landry in the PPR league over a lot of these other guys, like Anthony Miller or Jarvis Landry. I get it. Miller's got a better matchup, but Landry has to be in my lineup. He's done so well for the Browns this season, despite a dysfunctional offense. That <laughs> evidently yeah. he's bringing back Freddie Kitchens, Freddie, Freddie Kitchens for another year.
0: I, I, I can't see that happening.
1: I can't either, but evidently that's what we're going to see and I can't it's what's going to happen. It. And I just, I, yeah. yeah, But that's one of those like, yeah, okay, I'll see when I believe it. But mm-hmm. here we we could be, could be talking twenty twenty, and we'll be like, oh boy, I can't draft Baker Mayfield, Odell isn't yeah. there, Jarvis Landry. Should I draft Nick Chubb because Freddie Kitchens is here? Like that's the conversation we could be having next July.
0: Yeah, I, that it's still mind blowing how far they have I know the expectations were high I didn't think they were going to get to where they were expecting but we were expecting more out of Beckham and and Mayfield and it just it never it even got close to where we thought they'd be
1: yeah what they do with the offensive line is going to be a bigger concern for me as opposed to the head coach like I'm I'm pretty sure the Browns are going to Brown but yeah. that's just going to happen but if they have an offensive line I feel much more comfortable uh, investing in, in the Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckhams for next year. And I, I could be having this conversation uh, in September after week two where they struggle and, and just painting the, the Joker face on as I'm yeah. talking with you yep. about how disappointed I am. But I do feel like if they do different things off the offensive line by Greg Robinson, please get rid of him. That might make a bigger difference than what they do at head coach.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. A quarterback this week. Who are you liking?
1: Well, I already kind of uh, paraphrased it with Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick yep. back again. With the conditions and how it's raining right now, or what we think is going to happen on Sunday, that makes me a little bit uneasy. But even if it's like uh, raining for the first quarter, I think Fitzpatrick against the Bengals defense is not a must start, but a guy that I consider much more over a lot of other people, especially like Josh Allen, too, against the Patriots defense. No thanks. So uh, he's up there. Ryan Tannehill, of course, up there as well. I've seen some people talk about Matt Ryan as maybe we should be benching them. No, this is. That line, even with just Julio Jones, is going to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback for me. And if you have him or if he's available for some other reason on the free agent player, pick him up, start him with confidence. I think he's getting you those 20 25 points that you're looking for from the quarterback spot.
0: At tight end, I mean, in the last couple of weeks, a couple of guys emerged. Of course, the Higby, how he's emerged, he's probably not available, obviously, now with the three straight 100 yard games. But, you know, what do you look at tight end this, with this week in those matchups?
1: The obvious names, the Kelsey's, Kittle's, Ertz's, Andrew's of the world, you got to start them. Yeah. I think Higby, uh, Darren Waller also fit into that conversation. Austin Hooper, too. Thank you for returning uh, just when most people didn't need you. Great. Yes. Uh, he's also in that conversation as well, our must start. So really, it becomes like, okay, at, at tight end 10, do you like OJ Howard or Noah Fant more? I like Howard more than Fant, but I think both make sense uh, to start. I think Cameron Brait, if you're really desperate in a two tight end league, there has to be somebody that's catching the ball besides Perriman and Justin Watson. They're not going to use the running back. So why not use Cameron break? Who's kind of a pass catcher now at this point in his career. Anyway, that's about it though. Like Dallas Goddard is the line that I'm drawing. where if you're debating a tight end, just don't like that. That's it. Like past that point, whatever you're getting four points from a position, hoping that Christian McCaffrey, and Lamar Jackson, win it for you. Cause that's the only way you're in a fancy championship uh, and considering those types of tight ends.
0: All right, this is a long reach at defense, but obviously we've talked about the conditions games. We made fun of the Dolphins' defense all year, but could they win you a championship this week and against the Bengals?
1: Yeah, the four <laughs> interception Andy Dalton Bengals—that's not yeah. a bad one. I'll, I'll one up you though with the Denver Broncos, which were available in seventy-five percent of the Yahoo leagues as of Tuesday. They play the Lions this week. There yeah. could be some conditions that you, you're also thinking about too, because this one's in Denver. Uh, of course, it's going to ruin my over-unders that I've been putting for the unders of Broncos' win. So that's about as guaranteed as it gets me in betting right now. I-, I will guarantee lose, which means the Broncos have to win. I think the Broncos' defense is a top-five fantasy defense this week and probably could be a pickup. Again, they're one of the lowest over-unders of the slate, too, which is crazy to think about with all the weather and the Patriots' bills playing, yet the Broncos and lines are right there at thirty eight and a half as far as whose production point. And the Broncos are favored by seven. They're favored yeah. by seven and the 38-and-the-half over-under. Over it was a pretty easy pickup defense for me to start, start and play.
0: And one thing I just want to wrap it up with, it is championship weekend, and you are going to remember these plays. Uh, we all remember Brian Westbrook. Uh, I mean, there's there's plays like that. You name yours. I mean, there's... there's. Yeah, oh,
1: boy. I'd like... Odell Beckham, when he first came into league, was a free agent pickup in my dynasty yep. league and really helped me win it. And that that's like the one that comes to mind for me, although I couldn't tell you what he did in week 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it's going to end up being like Patrick Mahomes, which ended up winning me the championship this past year. And yep. he was still valued as that quarterback 12 to 14 range. Evidently, that's my sweet spot in terms of yeah. fantasy analysis. I've gotten Lamar Jackson right. I got Pat Mahomes right last year. I just need to stick to finding my next quarterback 12 through 14, and I'll be. uh. Golden for 2020.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can. Re- I remember I was down in one game of the championship and Dan Bailey got me 22 points against the Buccaneers. <laughs> uh, you,
1: again, you're one of those people I hate I, fantasy. Yes, How dare you benefit the
0: Exactly. <laughs> that helped me. Uh, there was the Todd Gurley game against the Seahawks a couple of years ago that helped a, a ton of people. And then they were trying to donate to his charity for that. So, I mean, you're going to remember these guys and, and some of the plays they don't make. And that, I find, is the beauty of all of this, especially in championship weekend.
1: Yeah, another one came to mind but it's because it hurt me. Kirk Cousins, I think it was two or three years ago, had a, a two-week stretch that was just nearly the top of the quarterback board mm-hmm. and almost better than all of the position. I still was able to win, but it should have been a blowout matchup. But Kirk Cousins, thanks for making me sweat on a fantasy championship two years ago. I really appreciate it, bud.
0: And he's probably going to do the same this yeah. year <laughs> I as well. I guarantee well.
1: you, yes. yes. I, I, my happiness depends on the Packers winning, so I guarantee you Kirk Cousins is going to destroy us. On Monday night for his first ever primetime victory.
0: Yeah, I know. (laughs) Well, again, you can always check out the podcast help you out. I know even even that the season's wrapping up, you guys are always busy there at Rotowire, right?
1: Oh, yeah. we got two more uh, podcast rounds to go. Of course, the Monday through Friday slate is always great, and I think uh, Jake and I do a great job with identifying free agents to pick up. We'll actually be talking about some free agents still for Week 17, but I'm really looking forward to the Week 18, the final edition of of the RotoWire wire Fantasy Football Podcast for the year. We're actually doing a first-round mock draft for 2020. Nice. One of the biggest fantasy disappointments. Uh, certainly some of the free agent pickups, winners of the year, all that will be discussed, I think, in the awards edition of the Tuesday RotoWire NFL Podcast.
0: That's going to be awesome, especially getting a jump on the 2020 already that that's fantastic. So you're not going to pick Odell Beckham or David Johnson or anyone like that, that we had. up. You know,
1: I'll probably identify whatever the 2020 version <laughs> of it is, but uh, that's just how my luck has been for the yeah, last four or five weeks. It feels like.
0: Well, Joe, again, thank you very much for joining us all year long, helping us out here. And again, great advice. And uh, we hope people, we can help you out this week. And thank you again for your time.
1: Yeah, no problem. It's been great to be on. It's been great to talk some fantasy. And I, I am hoping that, uh, well, I can't be in the championship, I'm hoping I can win some in spirit with you guys that are listening
0: out there. Once again, big thank you, Joe Bartle, rotowire.com. And again, like I echo his sentiments, uh, good luck this week. This is a fun time of year, even if you're not in the championship, just to see what all goes down. I mean, some of those crazy plays and things like that and maybe some performances you'll remember and they'll stick in your head for the draft next year guys to keep in mind as well But you see they come come in the clutch for you in championship weekend so again thanks for checking us out again we hope to bring you best of luck this week we will be back next week to wrap it up kind of a recap of the year And we're going to do that with Joe coming up as well next week as well. It's A little bit later on in the week, but we will be back with a wrap-up edition of the Fantasy Football Zone. Good luck again, championship weekend. Subscribe to the Fantasy Football Zone and give us a five-star rating while you're at it. Follow us on Twitter at DraftThatGuy. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Football Zone podcast.